The advice in this podcast is general in nature and does not constitute medical advice. Always consult your doctor if you are concerned about your child's health. We recommend always following the safe sleep guidelines. In the spirit of reconciliation, Dr Fallon and Dr Laura acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and the continuation of cultural, spiritual and and educational practices of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. They pay respects to the elders past and present and recognise that sovereignty was never ceded. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Brand New Little People. We are your hosts. I'm Dr. Fallon Cook. And I'm Dr. Laura Conway. We're back again. We've got Laura back. Um, she's been away sick lately. You poor thing, Laura. You had influenza and it was it just went on and on and on. And you're still not 100%. Um, are you feeling no, a bit better? No, that's right. Yes, I'm feeling much better than I was. Thanks, Fallon. Yeah, it was um, the sickest I have been in a very, very long time. So uh, mm. a note to everyone listening to get their flu jabs if you haven't already, because it is not pretty. No. And it really like how long were you sick for? It was at least a couple of weeks. And yeah, you're yeah still absolutely. Over it. Yeah, yeah. No, it's been uh, just over a fortnight. And yeah, it got so bad. Uh, as you know, I ended up in hospital. Um, and mm. um, yeah, because if you've got any um, comorbidities, I've got asthma, um, flu can really mess with it. So um, you can probably hear my voice mm. is still a bit croaky. So I hope that doesn't bother our listeners. Um, oh, you sound so I will much be... better than you have, though. <laughs> I spoke to you a couple <laughs> yeah. of times. I didn't know it was you on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh gosh, that's really horrible. And of course, this has meant mayhem for your clinic um, clients. So um, thank you so much to those clients who have been bumped around a little bit. I've seen some of you um, while Laura's been unwell and others are still waiting for their appointments that should go ahead this week. But we really appreciate everyone's patience with that. It's one of those things yeah. where you get sick and sometimes there's, there's no pushing through it. You're just down for the count. Yeah, that's right. And um, I didn't expect to be sick for quite so long. So um, I was able to reschedule a lot of my clients from the first week into the following week. Um, and then we had the uh, the horrible job of having to then <laughs> reschedule two weeks worth of clients when it became apparent that I wasn't getting better uh, any quicker. So um, yeah, thank you so much to um, all our lovely families. I've ha- received lots of messages um, from um, clients wishing me well and um, that really made me feel good as I lay in my bed <laughs> feeling sorry for myself. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, I tell you what, nice. Fallon, the, um, the, the thing that really um, surprised me um, was just how much sleep I needed to recover from this, um, from the flu. I haven't slept like I have done over the last fortnight in, well, probably since the last time I was seriously ill. Um, and yeah. I, gosh, I just, uh, my body just needed to rest and recover. And as you said, there's no pushing through it. Um, yeah. I just had, to, it was forced rest. Um, yeah, you know, it made me laugh because I know one day I called you and it was about one o'clock or something. <laughs> You'd just woken up. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't think happens yeah. very often. And it, yeah, it made me chuckle that you're still in bed at 1pm and you were saying before that, um, you know, you were dropping the kids off at school and then just sleeping the whole day until you had to pick them up again. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Um, and I just um, really thought about all the families who 
often email us um, after we've had um, their initial appointment in the clinic and they say um, either the, the baby or um, they themselves have come down with the flu or a cold or a virus mm. um, and should they carry on, should they um, put the sleep plan into place and really there's just, it's just not fair on anyone to put a sleep yeah. plan in, in yeah. place when, so when people are sick in the family. Yeah, if you're trying to make big changes to sleep and um, you're unwell, definitely best to put that on hold. Um, yeah, and there's just been so many bugs going around. There's so many families in clinic who, um, especially the ones who've got a toddler who's off to childcare, those lovely toddlers, mm. we love them, but they bring home <laughs> all the bugs to share with all yes. the little babies. And then just as the kids get better, the parents come down with it too. Um, it's really, really tough. And we sort of thought we might talk a bit about illness and how that impacts sleep um, in today's yeah. podcast. Um, it's really tough. And a lot of parents, you know, they, they've had a bit of a, a daily rhythm going for their babies for a while, find that that just completely goes out the window um, if the mm. baby's unwell. And I think, you know, what you were saying about how you just needed this huge amount of sleep to get better. Um, it really applies to babies as well. If they're unwell, they might just need a, what feels like a really excessive amount of sleep, um, but they just kind of need it to have that yeah. rest and, and get better again. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that I would have been really mad if um, someone had tried to wake me up and get me out of bed. And <laughs> well, and I mean, me. I kind of did, didn't I? I was calling you. you. I was mad to ask questions <laughs> and, hey, what do I do? What do I do with this thing in your calendar? Um, yeah, but you were, you were very patient with me. <laughs> Well, as an adult, I have greater self-regulation skills than a toddler. <laughs> yeah, you've had a few years to practice your self-regulation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, yes, it's, uh, yeah, if you have got a baby or a toddler or preschooler who is unwell at the moment, um, you will, yeah, just be letting them sleep a bit longer for their naps, you know, not waking them up. Um, if you can help it, um, you know, unless mm. they've been sleeping for four hours, <laughs> then you probably yeah, want to. Yeah, if you're uh, getting really up. close to bedtime, yeah, you might need to rouse them a little bit or you might have a really, really tricky night. And also really important to keep in mind that if your baby's not taking much fluid, um, you might have to wake them up and try and get them to feed um, just so that they're keeping mm. their fluid levels up. Or if they've got, you know, terribly upset tummy, um, yeah, really important to keep the fluids up. Um, yeah, absolutely. Course, Keep an eye on the number of wet nappies that they've that they've had. Yeah, and um, always, if you're in doubt and worrying, um, chat to your GP or call the maternal and child health line. Um, mm -hmm. There's various you know sources of support where you can just get them checked out. I'm a big believer that as a parent, you've got to follow your gut. And sometimes when they're unwell, you, you know, you can think, oh, if I take them to the doctor, they're probably just going to say, you know, it's a cold. You're worrying too much. Um, who cares? Like, <laughs> who cares if they yeah. kind of just, you know, roll their eyes at you? I mean, I hope they don't. But if you are concerned, absolutely get them checked out. It's your role to be the advocate for your child. So if you're worried, um, go and get that reassurance. So, well, hopefully you'll sleep a little bit better <laughs> knowing that they're yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, we had a really interesting question come in this week um, from someone called mm. Gemma who messaged us through our Instagram account um, actually on the note of, you know, what do we do about the sort of um, 
the naps that happen late in the afternoon. So I'm just going to read out this question. Okay, so this question from Gemma is, when should the last nap of the day end? Is there a specific time? And she says, my soon-to-be six-month-old is going down at 4.30 p.m. for a fourth nap of the day, but this sleep turns into two hours. My partner oh. and I are at a loss as to what to do. If she's sleeping this long, does that mean that she needs it? And she says her naps mm -hmm. throughout the day are a solid 45 to 60 minutes each with wake windows anywhere from an hour 45 to two and a half hours. We don't follow a specific time schedule. We just respond to her tired cues and settle as necessary in her cot. So I think this is a mm -hmm. really great question. Um, and also I should say this is in a baby who I'm presuming is well um, and mm -hmm. he's not unwell. Um, so I think first up, when should the last nap of the day end and is there a specific time? So I would say, you know, in the very early months, the first maybe three months or so, you're probably going to find that your baby can't be awake super long before bed. It might be that you're looking at maybe an hour and a half maximum, especially when they're really, really little. Um, as mm. they get older, that, that sort of amount of time that they're awake before bed can start to stretch out. And that's a really good thing because when they're awake for, usually it's one of their longest awake windows. So if they're awake for you know a bit long, a uh, bit of a longer time before bed, often that means they settle down much quicker for sleep. Um, they've got what we call really nice uh, high nighttime sleep pressure, which means that that drive to sleep is um, you know, nice and strong. So if they're napping too close to bedtime, often they're harder to settle. They might wake up really quickly after they fall asleep. They just don't kind of have that sleep drive. Um, so look, I would say by around six months of age, um, you know, they should definitely be awake for, what do you say, Laura? I'd probably say, you know, they'd be getting close to two and a half or three hours awake before bed. Um, it can vary a lot yeah. though, but yeah, is that what you'd say? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say sometimes even longer if you have a child that um, has a lower sleep need um, on average by six months, um, it might be somewhere between even three and four hours yeah. awake um, Good point. Before, before bed. Um, and it sounds like um, Gemma's little one is um, having shorter naps during the day uh, if they're 45 to 60 minutes long during the day. And that last one is sometimes stretching to about two hours. Is that what she said? Yeah, um, yep. And given mm. that's the fourth nap and at six months mm. of age, usually they're moving to three naps at that point. So I wonder if, um, you know, rather than moving to three naps and maybe having an earlier bedtime, this baby's really wanting to have sort of four naps. And then I'm imagining, you know, is that probably pretty late? Because if they're, mm. was it 4.30, probably waking up at 6.30, they're probably pretty hard to settle before about 9 p.m., maybe even later. Um, mm. Yes, yeah, so I would probably say that it's, it could be that you try and aim for a little bit more sleep for the the first, the second and the third nap, um, preferably in the morning, try and aim for a bit of a longer nap if you can resettle your baby um, at that time. And that might mean that she's much less likely to really want a really long last nap of the day. And then I'd think about maybe, um, you know, if you do offer that fourth nap, start to trim it down. So start to wake her up a little bit earlier, just so that then you might be able to get a slightly earlier bedtime as well. Because what you ideally want to do is push that two hour fourth nap into the night and actually make that part of her nighttime sleep. 
Um, so I'd say yeah. probably the easiest way to do that is aim for longer naps in the morning, even if you've got to get out and about in the pram. Sometimes that's a really good way to get a bit of extra sleep in, or you might do a little car ride to get a little bit of extra sleep in. Then it becomes a lot easier to push them through to bedtime on just the three naps. Um, mm. Yeah, and you'll probably have a bit of a bumpy road doing this too, Gemma, because often the first few days we're kind of trying to stretch them a little bit um, and they can get a little bit <coughs> cranky about that. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but if we just kind of gently persist with that, aiming for a bit more sleep in the morning, you'll start to find within three or four days, it'll become a little bit easier to get her through the day on three naps, um, get her down mm. for potentially a bit of an earlier bedtime. Um, and it might even help you have more restful nights as well. Yeah. And it um, often, um, well, I don't know about you, Fallon, but when I um, explain to um, parents that often that last period of time in the day of being awake is the longest period of time awake um, I can see a look of horror sometimes cross parents faces <laughs> where they go what am I going to do to be able to keep uh, my six month old awake for three hours or three and a half hours before bedtime um, yeah. and like you were saying in the first few days where you are trying to um, stretch um, your baby to having that um, longer period of time awake um, they may be a little bit cranky because they're not used to that feeling of being um, quite tired uh, because mm. they're normally used to being popped down before they get to that point um, so it can be really um, useful to think to yourself what activities am I going to be able to do to mm. um, to stretch my baby so that we all survive the four or five <laughs> days of crankiness. Yeah, because uh, it's, it's a time of day when so many babies just are a bit cranky. And, you know, I would think too, at six months of age, it's if you haven't already, start getting that evening meal happening. And at first it might just be, you know, half a spoon. <laughs> but, when, mm -hmm. you know, before long they'll start to take a decent meal. And often that is a really good distraction from that end of the day kind of crankiness where you're just trying to get them through to bedtime. Um, getting them used to sitting down and having a meal, exploring some different tastes and textures um, can just really help keep them going to get them through to bedtime. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then going straight into the bath afterwards. Yes. Um, <laughs> Baths are great distractions too. <laughs> yeah, and that can be a really um, great way for babies to get rid of their last um, ounces of energy before bedtime as well. Uh, yeah. And you can take a, um, you know, plastic cups into the bath or a colander. Um, it doesn't, you don't have to be going out and buying expensive bath toys. Um, just even, you know, spatulas and um, yes. spoons, plastic spoons from the kitchen. Um, and that can really um, be a great activity to um, stretch your baby a bit longer. Yeah, I'm a big um, fan yeah. of the sort of random objects to keep them going. So I know with my babies, um, often, you know, if they were just cranky in the evening and, you know, it just wasn't bedtime yet and we're sort of trying to get them through to bedtime, um, we would just go and pull something completely random out of the cupboard. So it might be like <laughs> the empty milk milk carton with the lid done up nice and tight so there's no drips coming out. But you hand that to them and they're just so weirded out, like, why am I being given this strange object? And then they're just <laughs> yeah. completely enthralled by it and busy and um, enjoying exploring it and tasting it and turning it around. And yeah, so yes. if you're trying to get them through that cranky patch, grab something weird and unexpected and let them hold it. <laughs> it works a yeah. treat. 
Yeah. yeah, bottles are great because you can put all kinds of things inside of a bottle as well and do the lid up tight and then it makes different sounds if they shake it around. Yeah, chuck a bit of rice in it so it makes a noise. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I love uh, that and, idea. You know, after, um, what would you say, like somewhere between five and seven days, um, you'll find that your baby will um, uh, start to cope much better with that slightly longer time awake before they go down. Um, mm. for their proper nighttime sleep. Yeah, I think that stands for any time you're trying to drop a nap or make a change to their schedule. Some parents sort of go to drop a nap and then go, whoa, you know, that, that was hard, they were cranky, it was kind of difficult. So then they decide to keep that nap a bit longer. But actually, if you keep up with that nap, often the nights start to become really, really challenging. Um, so mm. some babies just want to hold on to all of that day sleep and their nights just progressively start to, to get worse and worse um, and mm. it can get really, really hard. And that kind of taps into that part of Gemma's question where she says, um, you know, if she's sleeping this long for the fourth nap, does that mean she just needs it? Um, and I think so many parents would feel like that. Well, if she's sleeping this long, we shouldn't wake her. You know, maybe she needs it. Mm. But at some point you've got to think about, you know, if we want our babies to kind of fall into the pattern of a usual kind of human day where we're mostly awake in the day and mostly asleep at night time, there's going to come points where you think, hang on, you know, this, this is not quite working with the daily rhythm that, that works in our house. Of course, some parents love to have a really late bedtime and they like their babies to have a really late bedtime. Um, mm -hmm. But I would say if you're wanting to you know, get them into bed at sort of 7 or 8 p.m. or around that mark, um, you definitely want to stop those really long last naps of the day. Um, so sometimes you yeah. do have to kind of give them a little push and a nudge just to help them um, be in a bit of a pattern that's kind of conducive to family life and, and what you like to do day to day. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's um, a really important point that um, when um, you're thinking about what pattern is going to suit your baby, you really need to think about what's going to suit your family and your situation. So um, uh, I know a lot of families in Mediterranean countries who have much later bedtimes for their um, babies and toddlers. Um, and often those babies and toddlers aren't going um, down for their nighttime sleep until 10.30 or 11 o'clock at night, in which case, um, of course, they're gonna need a later nap. But, um, you know, if you're a um, family in Australia, perhaps you have older children who um, are going to school or childcare or your baby itself is going to childcare, then um, in all likelihood, you're going to need an earlier um, bedtime um, in order to get the baby and the children up in time to do school drop off or kinder drop off in time. Yeah, it's a really good point. You've got to think about what the activities, uh, you know, you do as a family sort of um, dictate around wake up time and bedtime and, and all that sort of thing. So, yeah, mm. so I'd say for anyone listening who's a bit worried about that last nap of the day and should it go on so long or is it too late in the day, um, I'd be thinking about the kind of full day from start to finish. Um, think about their age a little bit as well. Actually, we did a post on social media a couple of days ago um, about, you know, roughly the ages when they start to drop down naps. And of course, there's huge variability baby to baby. But if you kind of know that your baby's getting to around an age where they usually would drop down a nap um, and you're feeling like bedtime's getting a bit challenging or they're waking up a lot at night or they're waking really early, it might be that there's just a little bit too much day sleep happening. And it's okay to just start to work on gradually reducing how much day sleep there is so that you're pushing a bit more of their sleep into the nighttime. 
Yeah, mm. so thank you so much, Gemma, for sending in that question. It's such a good one. And I think a lot of parents will hopefully find that really helpful. You can let us know in the comments if you thought it was rubbish. <laughs> you can tell us that too. <laughs> we'll try and do better next time. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, look, I think we'll wrap that up there. Um, just a reminder to parents um, who are part of our Sombal Baby Sleep programs, if you have a question um, about sleep or settling, send it in and we'll answer it in our podcast. Um, if you're struggling with sleep and settling in your babies, yeah, absolutely check out Sombal. Um, we still have a 20% off um, discount um, as of today when we're recording this podcast. It won't stick around forever, though. Um, and please leave a review um, and subscribe to the podcast if you're enjoying it. Um, if you have older toddlers as well, um, or toddlers and preschoolers, we can also see them in our clinic. So if you're having sleep troubles, um, do reach out. Um, all right, let's wrap that up there. Thanks so much for listening in and have a great week. Thank you. Bye, everyone. If you need help with your baby's sleep or settling, then you need Sombell. Sombell is Australia's first online paediatric sleep clinic for babies aged 0 to 12 months. It contains all the best resources from Dr. Fallon and Dr. Laura's sleep clinics, so you can rest easy and so can your baby. To find out more, click the link in the show notes or visit sombell.infantsleep.com.au.